0: Hello, everyone. Hey, Pastor Terry here, and welcome to our next session on end times for dummies. And I trust you've been enjoying this as we've been going through over the last several weeks the, uh, the book of Revelation. And uh, uh, remember, I'm just highlighting the book of Revelation, uh, not going through it chapter by chapter or verse by verse, but just trying to take people who know little to nothing about the end times. And give them a working knowledge of it. So I trust you've been enjoying the last several weeks uh, of this series. And uh, I just want to encourage you, um, uh, if you've missed any of the uh, previous sessions, uh, you can go to our Facebook page or our uh, YouTube page at Summit Church Fenton and uh, or even at our website on, at summitchurch.us and, uh, and find those messages and get caught up. And you really need to do that. If you're coming in, this is the first session today uh, that you're listening. Uh, You may not, you know, fully understand the things we're talking about uh, if you don't listen to those previous sessions. So I just want to welcome you to do that. Uh, You know, before you listen to what I'm going to share today, it'll just make this this message message today more clear to you and beneficial to you. But anyway, uh, last time. I talked about the tribulation period, uh, the Antichrist, the false prophet. We talked about the mark of the beast. We talked about the ministry of the two witnesses. We uh, I noted God's judgment on Babylon uh, right at the end of the last session, where he judges uh, the economic, political, and false religious systems of the world. And, um, and so I want to get into the new material right now. Uh, a question... Uh, that, that I, I did want to, uh, answer, uh, a question that a lot of people have, uh, whenever I, I've taught on the end times over the years is people, uh, a lot of times want to know, is the United States mentioned in, in the Bible and in, as it pertains to end time prophecy? And the answer to that is, uh, from my study of it, no. Uh, I, I have not seen where the United States is, is mentioned directly, uh, about the closest that you can get would be in, um, I believe it's either Ezekiel 38 or Ezekiel 39. One of those two chapters, uh, there's a reference made to the merchants of Tarshish and, uh, uh, it, it, it's young lions. And so, uh, merchants of Tarshish would have to do with, uh, uh, I guess primarily Great Britain and the young lions well the United States would be considered a young lion of Tarshish of, of Britain and so that's about as close as as I can find in the Bible where the United States might be mentioned uh, there's even you know people will argue about whether or not the young lions of Tarshish are the United States but uh but uh, uh it, it's interesting that uh you you would think that such a great power is the United States uh, would be mentioned in end times prof end times prophecy but it just frankly isn't 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 there you now certainly it it, it 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 could be there because the the bible talks about the different nations and things in end time prophecy so perhaps the united states is is grouped in with just the nations and is not centered out you know specifically so so that could be the case but uh uh, you know, some uh, folks who teach on the end times uh, will say that, you know, something has happened to the United States by the time we get to the end time prophecy and that it, it, it's no longer a a, a world power. Um, that could be uh, I, there. There's several different viewpoints on it, but uh, I just uh, I, I can't find the United States mentioned specifically in in end times prophecy. Um, Now, I did mention Ezekiel 38 and 39 just a moment ago, and I did want to say something about that. In those two chapters, you find a a massive war that takes place where uh, Russia and some uh, other nations move on Israel to destroy it. And uh, other nations in the world um, do not or either cannot intervene to assist Israel, and God steps in and absolutely crushes Russia's army and the ones cooperating with Russia, and it's a supernatural, divine intervention of God. Uh, and 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 so the reason I bring that up is some people think that the battle of uh, Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine is the battle of Armageddon, which we're going to talk about. Uh, I. I trust we'll get to it here in just a few moments. In fact, I know we will. Some think that the battles of Ezekiel, the battle, the battle of Ezekiel 38 and 39 is the battle of Armageddon. Uh, I, I don't think that it is. I think they're two separate battles. I think the battle of Ezekiel 38 and 39 happens obviously before the battle of Armageddon. Uh, when exactly that will be? Will it be before the rapture of the church? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, could it be right after the rapture of the church? Very possibly. Um, but it's, it's a, it's an awesome battle where God will, will uh, 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 deal a devastating blow at that time to Israel's enemies. And you can read all about that in Ezekiel 38 and 39, but I am of the opinion. I do not think that, that Ezekiel 38, 39 is the battle of Armageddon, which will be the last battle. Uh, but uh it, but but some argue that those two battles are the same. So anyway, just wanted to mention that because uh, in, when you're teaching on end times, you know I think that should be mentioned Ezekiel 38 and 39. Now, as I said last time, and over the last couple of sessions, we've been looking at primarily what's been going on on the earth. And uh, remember, the Book of Revelation is written not only in, in in a chronological way, but but even perhaps more so in a panoramic way. So while there's things going on uh, on the earth, there's also things going on in heaven. And sometimes John writes about things going on on the earth. At the same time, though, things are going on in heaven. And so then he'll write about that. So I want to look at something that goes on in heaven during the tribulation period. Uh, This event now that we're going to talk about, we've already talked about the judgment seat of Christ in an earlier session. But This, what we're going to talk about now, is known as the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it happens, the Lamb, of course, is Jesus. And it happens uh, in heaven during the tribulation period. Um, uh, And and here's what happens. It, uh, It happens, I'm convinced, after the judgment seat of Christ. But here it is, Revelation 19, 6. John says, I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as a sound of many waters and as a sound of mighty thunderings, this is revelation nineteen six saying "Hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent uh reigneth that means he's all-powerful omnipotent. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife was made ready uh, has made herself ready now, who is the lamb's wife? Well, it's all the believers okay, all the believers uh, that, that have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, they they believed on him in, in their life down here on the earth. They got saved, and then they went to the judgment seat of Christ, which we've already talked about, and as a result of that, uh, the believers were all made ready to become the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that. Think about that. In this time in which we live, we are the body of Christ. But at that time, we're going to become his bride. Now, you think about that. What, a, what an honor and a privilege that is going to be. And uh, verse 8, and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, uh, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, "Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. See, there it is. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. So this is, uh, this is just an event that I wanted you to be aware of. It's called the marriage supper of the lamb and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a party in heaven. And <laughs> I tell you what, you hadn't been to a party till you've been to a party that God throws. I tell you what. Uh, it's going to be a, a holy time, but it's going to be a time of great rejoicing and, uh, uh, just, just wonderful time. So anyway, now having said that, let's move back now to the earth and let's look at the setup for the battle of Armageddon. Now, Armageddon is the last war, the war of all wars that's going to happen uh, on the earth. It'll happen in Israel in the what's known as the Valley of Megiddo. And uh, again, it's going to be the war of all wars. And uh, uh, so let, let, let's just read about the, the Battle of Armageddon here, at, at least get started with it. Uh, Revelation 16, 12, then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates. Now we've talked about the bowls of God's judgment and all of that. We've talked about the the seals, the trumpets, the bowls. So you can get that in our earlier sessions. And its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. So there's gonna be a great army that marched to the Middle East. This this battle is gonna take in the area of Israel in the Middle East, the Valley of Megiddo. That's where it's gonna be. Again, let me say in the area of Israel, Battle of Armageddon, the Valley of Megiddo, in 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 that 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 region there by Israel, and uh, there's going to be a uh, a massive army that 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 moves that way at that time. The Battle of Armageddon. Now it happens at the right at the end of the seven year tribulation period, which which we've been talking about over the last weeks. Okay, it happens right at the end of the tribulation period, and uh, again the sixth angel poured out its bowl. On the great river Euphrates, its water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. Now, in Revelation nine sixteen, uh, it mentions a two hundred million uh, uh, person army or a two hundred million uh, 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 man army. Uh, and sometimes people use that to say that that's how many uh, uh, soldiers are going to be marching. Now, that that could be the case. So, I just wanted to note that for you. But a lot of lot of soldiers are going to be moving. Towards the Middle East at this, at, at the end of the tribulation at this time. And verse 13, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon. Well, that's the devil. Out of the mouth of the beast, that's the Antichrist. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. We talked about them last week. Think about that. Demons are, demons are awful, okay? These happen to look like frogs. Aren't you glad we have authority over them in the name of Jesus? That, that That's just that's good that's good to know but these these are going to come out of their their mouths and uh notice uh they're going to going to uh uh for verse 14 for their spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to to the battle of the great day of God almighty so they're going to be the, these demons spirits are going to go out and gather the armies of the earth, to the Middle East, to Israel, for the battle of Armageddon. Verse 15, behold, I am coming as a thief, Uh, Jesus now, this is him talking, Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and see his shame. Look at verse 16, and they gathered them together to a place called in Hebrew, Armageddon. See, Armageddon. And that's the only time the word Armageddon is mentioned in scripture. But I tell you what, it's going to be the battle of all battles, the war of all wars. And we'll, 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 well, let's just let's talk more about it here. Um, let's look at Revelation. That was Revelation 16. Let's go to Revelation 19 because you're going to have the armies of the earth gathered there to the area of Israel, to the valley of Megiddo, to fight this battle of Armageddon. Now, why are they coming to, to this area? What is their purpose? Well, it's to fight the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, a little bit unclear in scripture is from my study why they're coming. Some say that the armies are gathering together to uh, fight the Antichrist. Okay. Certainly, an uh, argument could be made for that. Others say that all of the uh, armies are coming together to march on Israel to ultimately destroy and stamp out Israel once and for all uh, that 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 could very well be very likely there on that but uh i think ultimately uh what we can say is that they're being gathered there the devil we just saw these demons go out to gather these armies together to the middle east to fight the battle of armageddon uh they're coming to fight the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the, going to be the, the the final showdown, really, between God, between the Lord Jesus and the devil. Okay, you know the devil's crazy. He still thinks he can overthrow God. You know, you'd have to be crazy to think you could overthrow God. But that's what this battle really is. It's all about certainly coming there to, to to attack Israel. No no doubt, and 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 all of that. But ultimately, I think it has to do with their coming there to fight Jesus. Ah, uh, I don't want to fight jesus i t- <laughs> they're going to lose well, we're going to see that let- us look at what happens now. so all these armies are gathered there in the middle East in the valley of Megiddo the Battle of Armageddon ensues It's going on it's it's it there's a lot of fighting just there's, there's just a lot of the war of all wars right right there actually. If you study that uh that area where the Battle of Armageddon is going to be fought, uh Napoleon made the statement about that, that area that that is it's like I, I guess it's kind of like a bowl-shaped type, like almost like an arena. Napoleon said it was the greatest battlefield that they're ever that that he's ever seen. And uh just an interesting point. Now, here in Revelation 19, something wonderful is gonna happen during this battle, okay? Watch this. You know, we talked about the rapture of the church earlier where Jesus comes and he catches the church up to heaven to be with him. Well, that happened at the before the tribulation started. Well, now at the end of the tribulation, you've got the battle of Armageddon going on and somebody comes back riding on a white horse and it's Jesus. Now watch this, Revelation 19, verse 11, John says, now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. Now you see, the Antichrist came at the beginning of the tribulation on that white horse, his white horse, you know, we talked about that as a counterfeit. Now you've got the Lord Jesus himself coming on his white horse. (laughs) You hadn't seen a white horse, though you've seen his white horse. I tell you what, it makes the Lone Ranger's silver look Jesus has got a better horse than the Lone Ranger. I'm telling you that. Now I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And In righteousness, he judges and makes war. This is Jesus. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. Uh, the armies in heaven. Oh, Jesus somehow, isn't he? Uh, excuse me. He's wonderful. Uh, the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now you think about that. Now you could read the book of Jude, it's one chapter there, verses 14 and 15. Uh, and uh it, it talks about the saints of God. You and me, we're gonna be coming back with Jesus riding on white horses to to fight, I mean, with him to fight the battle of Armageddon. Although we're not gonna to have to do any fighting, he's gonna do all the fighting, he's gonna do it with his word. We'll see. I tell people kiddingly sometimes get you some riding lessons, uh, because we're gonna become riding back, you know, uh uh. The saints of God are going to be come riding back with Jesus to fight the battle of Armageddon. So the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. I remember we talked about that earlier in a session earlier. That's a word of God, it's symbolic of the word of God, that with it, he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. Now, now Remember that that'll come up in a, in a bit. Uh, With a rod of iron, he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Uh, He has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Wow. This is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to be, again, confused with the rapture, which happened... Uh, about, uh, just, just seven years earlier, this is the second coming when Jesus comes back. Actually, you can read one of the prophets. I think it's Zechariah gives you the weather forecast for the day when he comes back. You know, the Bible's accurate. Uh, but anyway, he's coming back, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. You know, when he came the first time, he came as a baby in the manger. When he rode into Jerusalem, he rode in on a donkey showing humility. But this time he's coming in riding on that white charger, that white stallion, that white horse as king of kings and lord of lords. And he's going to fight the battle of Armageddon. We'll be coming with him. We won't have to fight. We'll just be there cheering him on, worshiping him, you know. And uh, he's going to open his mouth. His word will consume all of the armies that have gathered together, the armies of the the, the, the world, the armies of the, the 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 antichrist, armies of the devil, and and Jesus with with one blow of a word from His mouth is gonna gonna defeat the devil's armies. Is isn't that isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? And actually, it's gonna be such a devastating blow. The Bible says in Revelation chapter fourteen verse twenty that the blood will flow to the horse's bridle for 180 miles. Now you think about that. You think about a defeat that the devil is going to suffer right there and his armies. Wow. And then in verse 17, Revelation 19 verse uh, 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 17, John says, then I saw an angel standing in his son and he cried with a loud voice saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven come and gather together for the supper of the great God. That you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them and the flesh of all people free and slave, both small and great. Now, this similar thing happens in Ezekiel 38, 39, with the birds coming to eating eat the, the flesh of those who have been killed and that's why some people think the battle of Ezekiel 38, 39 is the same as this one. It, it probably isn't, but I just thought I'd mention that. But you see the birds are going to come and feed on the, the carcasses of these people who oppose God. It's a dangerous and unwise thing to oppose the Lord. But look at verse 19. And John says, and I saw the beast. Now that's, that's the Antichrist. The kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. So see, that's that's ultimately why they were gathered there in, in, in the Valley of Megiddo to fight this battle. I'll read it again. I saw the beasts, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Verse 20. Then the beast was captured. Now, I like this. The beast was captured. The Antichrist was captured. And with him, the false prophet, and we talked about him last week, who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped worshiped his image. Again, talked about it last week. These two, the beast and the false prophet, the Antichrist and the false prophet, these two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. See, this is different than, than hell. When people die without Christ right now, they go without the Lord Jesus Christ, they go to hell. Their, their body is buried, their spirit goes to hell. This uh lake of fire, it, it's it's a different Greek word. It's it's the Greek word gehenna. It's a lake of fire. It's a worse place than hell. Uh I put it this way: uh hell is like a like a local jail. Uh Gehenna, the lake of, of, of fire, is like the federal penitentiary. It, uh, Lake of Fire, as bad as hell is, it's a place of torment and fire and all that. As bad as hell is, what we what we know is hell. You know, we study in the Bible where people go when they die if they don't know Jesus. But, but we'll see as we go. Actually, all the people in hell are eventually going to come out of there, be judged before God, and cast into this horrible, more horrible place called the Lake of Fire. It's also known in the Bible as the second death. So anyway, just that's where the beast and the false prophet are going. And, uh, uh, they were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And then verse 21 and the rest were killed with the sword. Here it were killed with the sword, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. That's the rest of the, the armies and all of the antichrist. And, uh, uh, they were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. That's the word of God. Jesus, remember, his his word goes out and consumes all these people. And then the birds were filled with their flesh. So, uh, And that's where you have the blood you know, uh, flowing to the horse's bridle for about 180 miles. And then look at Revelation 20, verse 1. Let's see what happens to, 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 to the devil, to Satan. Let's see what happens to him. Revelation 20, verse 20, verse 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Now, the bottomless pit, that's a different place now than, than the lake of fire, okay? And he laid hold on the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And we're going to talk about the millennial reign of Christ. During that millennial reign, it's a thousand-year reign of Jesus. The beast and the false prophet are going to be, of course, in the lake of fire, but the devil is going to be in this bottomless pit, and uh, uh, he'll get released from that place for a short time. We'll see that as we go, but that's where he's going uh, as the battle of Armageddon Uh, culminates, that's where the devil's going into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. I'll be glad that he'll be, he'll be shut up and incarcerated for a thousand years. That'll be, that'll be good. Verse three, cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up, set a seal on him that he should deceive the nations no more. See, the devil's number one tactic is deception. He'll deceive the nations no more. Well, here it is. Till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Now, I'll explain that to you here as we go, if not today, next time. Verse four. And I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived. Now that that gets read over sometimes really quickly, but you ought to underline that. They lived. They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. What does it mean they lived? There's a resurrection that takes place at uh, at, at this time, at the end of the tribulation, after the battle of Armageddon, and all of those people who died during the last half of the tribulation are resurrected. And it says they lived. And reigned with Christ a thousand years. See, all the people during the last half of the tribulation who, uh, who who refused to take the mark of the beast. Who refused to follow the Antichrist, who is the beast. Uh, uh, those people, let's just read it again. I saw thrones, they sat on them, judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those, see, who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshiped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands, they lived, they were resurrected. They got their glorified bodies and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. See their spirits were in heaven with the Lord. We talked, we talked about them. And I believe it was the fifth seal, I think it was, that their, their spirits were held there. Uh, 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 we talked about it last time or the time before, but now they're going to get their glorified bodies. They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But look at verse five. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. See, at the end of the uh, millennium, there's going to be a resurrection that's called the resurrection of damnation. And and then there's going to be the great white throne judgment. And that's for those who've rejected Christ all over the, ever since man was created. We'll talk about that as we go. But, 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 uh, but again, verse five, the rest of the dead, the lost, those who've rejected Christ did not live again until the thousand years were finished. Their spirits will, Be in hell for a thousand years, you know? And, 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 but at the end of the millennium, there's going to be a resurrection, resurrection of damnation. We'll talk about it as we go. Now, notice verse six. And then then it goes on in verse five. It says, this is the culmination. The Bible says, this is the first resurrection. And as you study into that, actually, what happens here, uh, the, the saved, the saved folk, who are uh, resurrected that we just talked about, it says this is the first resurrection, uh, the resurrection of the just. It's, it's actually the culmination. Because remember, at the rapture of the church, that was, that was the resurrection. That's a, a resurrection there. That's where the resurrection of the just began. And then now we see here, uh, this culminates the resurrection of the just. The resurrection of the just happens in multiple parts. Okay, But the resurrection of damnation, for those who are lost, will take place at the end of uh, the millennium. We'll talk about that as we go. Now, verse 6, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection or the resurrection of the just. Over such, the second death, that's the lake of fire, has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So uh, we're going to be reigning with the Lord Jesus Christ for a thousand years upon the earth. He's going to uh, set up his throne in Jerusalem for a thousand years called the millennial reign of Christ. And he's going to rule with a rod of iron. What does that mean? That means that during that thousand years, everyone is going to have to follow his moral law, the rules and the regulations of the word of God, which will be the rules. The word of God will be the law of the land. OK. And Jesus is going to rule with a rod of iron and it'll be a great, great, great time. Now, uh people a lot of times want to know. What are we going to be doing during that thousand years as, you know, Christians? And we've been raptured, got our glorified bodies. We've come back with the Lord Jesus riding on those white horses. And now He's set up his, his kingdom and, and his, his uh, uh, throne in Jerusalem. What are we going to be doing? Well, we're going to be serving as his governmental overseers, Okay. And uh, uh, much like what you see now on the earth, you know, you got presidents and you got kings and you got prime ministers and all of that. Well, it's going to be similar to that. And uh, uh, you know, we're going to get our assignment in the millennium based on our faithfulness in the here and now. And so uh, um, I like to put it this way. If you're willing to sweep the floors of the church for the Lord now, you're liable to be set up as a high governmental leader um, uh, during the millennium. Uh, But if you're not willing to sweep the church for the Lord now, you're liable to be sweeping the church for the Lord in the millennium, so to speak. You get what I'm saying? Uh, Look at the parables Jesus gave, you know, believe the one had to do with the minas where, and, and they gave a parable of the talents. But the point is, I think what the mind is, is when he talked about if you're faithful and least in that which is least, you'll be made ruler over many cities and so on and so forth. So uh, who knows? You know, I'm convinced there's going to be people that we've never heard of, uh, don't know who they are, but they were faithful to serve behind the scenes. They never caused any, any problems, any issues. They just humbly served in a, in a church. They served the Lord. They were willing to sweep the floors, whatever the case. Um, those are the people that are going to get some of the greatest assignments, I'm convinced, during the millennium. And other people who refuse to be, I'm talking Christians now, who refuse to be humble and refuse to serve the Lord, uh, I believe they're going to be the ones sweeping sweeping up during the millennium, you know, sweeping the floor. You get what I'm saying? But it's, what I'm saying is borne out by the parables that Jesus gave. He that's faithful in least, will be made ruler over much. But if you're not faithful in in least, then you're not going to be given a good assignment in the millennium. So keep that in mind. Also, I want to mention something else happens at the end of the uh, uh, tribulation, at the end of the battle of Armageddon. Uh, There's going to be an event take place known as the judgment of the nations. And you need to realize this, that at the battle of Armageddon, all of the armies That gather there, the soldiers and whatnot, we just read, they're going to, we just covered, they're going to be destroyed, but not all of the people of all of the nations are going to be destroyed. In other words, you know, uh, you know, like if the United States sent an army somewhere to fight, if our soldiers were killed, well, they were killed, but we're, we, there's a lot of people over here in the United States still alive. You get what I'm saying? So the same, same thing during what I'm talking about here is there's going to be a lot of people that make it through the tribulation and still be living on the earth at the end of the battle of Armageddon. And uh, those people are going to come up before the Lord uh, in what's known as the judgment of the nations. And there's going to be, it's called, there's, there's sheep nations and goat nations, or, or we'll say the sheep and the goats. And Jesus talked about this. And uh, I'm just keeping it as simple as I can here but let me just read to you about the sheep nations there are those who who were saved uh a, a, as I see it they're going to be those who made it through the millennium they were saved and uh uh they they uh they they made it through and uh they had compassion on Israel they uh, refused the mark of the beast and all of that they re- refused that and they made it alive through the end of the tribulation. They, 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 uh, um, as you study into it, they were, uh, uh, they, they didn't oppose Israel. They were for Israel. Remember, Israel's God's chosen people. The Jews are God's chosen people. But, but these are the nations that were favorable to, to Israel people now that were favorable to Israel, uh, uh, people that didn't receive the mark of the beast and all of that, they're they're going to to be known as the sheep and they're going to go into the millennium, okay? The others are known as goats or the goat nations and Jesus made it clear, we'll not look the scripture up, but they're gonna be turned into hell, okay? So, uh, uh, and they'll be there awaiting the great white throne judgment, okay? So what you need to realize though, uh, I'm trying to set this up, the millennium is going to begin, and, and, and this confuses people sometimes, but let me explain. As that thousand-year reign of Christ begins, okay, and ensues, you and I, people who are living in this time, Christians, we will be there as Christ's administrators. You know, we just talked about that. Governmental overseers will have glorified bodies, okay, just like the body Jesus got after he was raised from the dead. Okay. But there will be, and this confuses people sometimes, there will be those, what's known as the sheep nations. They made it through the tribulation. They're still around after the battle of Armageddon. They have natural bodies just like you and I have now. And they will, uh, uh they will, uh, be on the earth, uh, for a thousand years. They'll be having children. All of that's going to be going on. Uh, uh, They'll be uh, 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 natural people just like we are now. But you and I, as born-again believers, at that time during the millennium, we'll have glorified bodies, okay? And we'll be overseeing on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ as he rules them with a rod of iron. We'll be there helping him do that. But there will be people on the earth. And you can imagine over a thousand years, how many people, how the earth will be, you know, re, repopulated, so to speak, or populated with, with the descendants of these people who begin the millennium in natural bodies. Uh, I, I, sometimes confusing to people, but it's important that you understand that. Okay. Now, having said that, let's look at, and I needed to say that because let's look at now, some of the characteristics of the millennium as Jesus reigns in Jerusalem and uh, you and I will be his administrators, governmental overseers. You'll have natural people now, these sheep nations that have moved in with natural bodies. They've moved into the uh, uh, millennium, thousand year reign. They'll be having children, repopulating the earth. It's interesting. The millennium will start off with people, natural people that are believers, okay. But over the thousand year, think about how many children can be born to a bunch of people over a thousand years. The Earth is going to repopulate, and what I'm trying to say here, this will bear out as we go. At the beginning of the millennium, uh, be a lot of people that 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 you know they start out the millennium saved and all that. But during the in as a millennium ensues, you'll see that uh, a lot of people will be born and all of that, but they won't all want to serve the Lord. Now, they'll have to follow his natural laws of the land. But you know, God never makes anybody worship him. They won't have to have a worshipful attitude towards Jesus in their hearts. But we'll say more about that as we go. Very important. You remember that. We'll talk about that. If not today, we'll get to it next time. Now, listen, let's let's I got about 10 more minutes. Let's talk about some of the characteristics of the millennium. okay? and then we'll unhook and then pick up next week. Just some characteristics of the millennium. First of all, and some of these may be I may repeat a little bit of what I've already said, but repetition is a seed of learning. So listen, First of all, Jesus reigns in righteousness with a rod of iron over all the earth from his headquarters in Jerusalem. The saints, you and me, will have glorified bodies, will govern with Christ based on our faithfulness in the here and now. We've already talked about that. Natural people, the sheep nations, will be living on earth. So I'm I'm reading from my notes now. (laughs) I already said some of this stuff, but now I just want to double back on it, be sure we got it all. Uh, the sheep nations will be uh, having children who don't necessarily want to serve God, uh, and uh, and this can produce many ungodly people over the span of a thousand years, as we'll see, okay? Um, they'll have to obey Jesus's rule, at least outwardly. Now, otherwise, that's interesting. If they don't obey, he's going to be ruling with a rod of iron. Jesus is if they don't obey his rules okay, Uh, they're going to be dealt with harshly, and Isaiah 11 says they'll be judged with death, they'll be put to death, Jesus isn't going to tolerate during this thousand-year reign of his, he's not going to tolerate disobedience to to his word, okay, and if someone's disobedient, they're going to be put to death, Isaiah 11, chapter 11 says that, and their spirits will go to hell, not the lake of fire, but to hell, Awaiting the great white throne judgment, okay, which we'll talk about it uh, next time, more than likely. Now here's something else. Now, now here's now listen, missionaries, okay, and from my study of it, they're going to be uh, uh, there'll be missionaries primarily. Uh, from my study of it, Jews who are saved, okay, who 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 believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to go to all the nations throughout all the earth. To witness Jesus to the nations to get them born again, zechariah eight verse twenty three you can see that oh so there's going to be missionaries and, and preachers evangelists during the millennium, absolutely because of all the we just said I just said covered it a couple times there's going to be natural people being born, and there's going to be a lot of people on the earth over a thousand years and They're going to have to be evangelized. They're going to have to be told the gospel. And uh, the Bible says the earth will be filled at that time with the knowledge of the Lord. So it's interesting. Here's something else. The lifespan, which is now on man and kind of 120 years, you can see that in the book of Genesis. Think about this. In the millennium, we're talking now about the natural people that are living. You'll be called a child. When you're a hundred years old, now I could give you scriptures for all this, but I'm just going to state it. And you want an assignment? Go look these up. It'll do you good. But you'll be called a child at a hundred years old. Think about that. Well, remember, yeah, you know, now, now during the millennium, a thousand years—that's a long time to us. But remember. A thousand years with the Lord, a thousand years is as a day and a day is as a thousand years, so this millennium to God is just one day, okay to us a thousand years that's a long time, but uh the lifespan is going to be increased, and uh, you'll be called a child at a hundred years old and uh and so that's going to be interesting um verse uh I said verse eight. Point number eight, I'm on my notes here. Point number eight, there's going to be universal peace. There'll be universal peace during that time. The Bible says swords will be turned into plows and spears into pruning hooks. Again, challenge you go look up, go find that in the Bible, a good assignment for you. There's going to be a change in the animal kingdom. Uh the animal kingdom, the way it works right now primarily is not the way God created it. You know, I watch some of those shows sometimes, National Geographic, and I see the I see the I guess it's a lion going after a zebra, and I feel so bad for that zebra, because you just watch that zebra get the lion just chews the zebra up. You need to know that's not the way God created the animal kingdom. For the lion to chew up the zebra. That's not the way he created it. Well, what I'm trying to say here is that, uh, the animal kingdom is going to go, by. see, when Adam sinned or the fall of humanity, it affected the animal kingdom. And, uh, the animal kingdom during this millennial reign is going to go back to like it was in the Garden of Eden. Well, that'll be, that'll be something. Uh, the Bible says the wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard is going to lie down with the goat. Uh, the lion's going to eat straw. Think about that. Somebody said to me uh, one time, they came up to me after a service and they said, Pastor Terry, uh, they said, I think we're in the millennium right now. I said, I said, no, we're not in the millennium. They said, oh, they said, yes, we are. And I said, no, no, we're not. I said, just go throw a goat in with a leopard, you know, or go throw a lamb in with a wolf and see what happens. We're not in the millennium right now because during the millennium, The wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. Uh, The lion's going to eat straw. Think about that. That's how God created the lion, not to eat a zebra, but to eat straw. Think about that. The calf and the lion will eat together. And the child, the Bible says a little child will play at the cobra's den. Think about that. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. I don't like snakes. Uh, I don't like them now. I can't possibly see how I'm going to like them in the millennium. Uh, Somebody asked me one time, what would you do if someone brought a snake into the church? I said, uh, I told him, I said, I'd get a garden hoe and have my wife kill it. (laughs) I just don't think I'm going to like snakes in the millennium. Okay, Uh, uh, I I love the Lord with all of my heart. I don't know why he had to make snakes, but uh, that's above my pay grade. And so let's move on. Uh, Let's see. I tell you what. I think I'm going to unhook right here and pick up next time because what I'm about to get into, uh, it's going to be something that happens during the millennium that I think is very, very vital. And uh, I don't want to put it in right here and have to rush it. I want to want to give a good deal of time to this next next week. Uh, It talks about uh, people who go up to worship the Lord in Jerusalem during the millennium and people who don't. Remember, God, during the millennium, you know, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. During the millennium, uh, as Jesus reigns from uh, uh, Jerusalem, you'll have to, the natural people here. See, now we're going to be here as his administrators. We obviously want to follow his His law. But the natural people, uh, they'll have to follow his natural law, but they will not have to worship him. God never makes anybody worship him. See, the devil will try to make people worship him, but God, almighty God, will never make anybody worship him. You you get to do that of your own free will and your own choice. And during the millennium, as Jesus is in Jerusalem, uh, there'll be people, natural people will, will go up and worship him, but nobody has to do that, and many, many, many will not. And next time we're going to talk about that and I'm going to show you what happens if you refuse. If I say you, but I mean the people of this time, but it, but the reason I want to take time with it because next, next week is because the principle applies to us now. It's so vital, vitally important. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to show you that if you refuse to go worship the Lord, you set yourself up to be deceived by the devil. And so uh, that's what I'm going to show you from the scripture next week. It's powerful and I want to take my time with it. So hey, let's unhook right here. I trust this was a blessing to you and I uh, want you to know I truly love all of you. I really, really do. And uh, thanks for uh, studying along with me in, the, uh, in this series on the end times. Hey, I will see you uh, next week. Uh, right here, we'll pick this up Sunday, I'll continue with uh, my series on, is it God, or is it, or who did it, God or the devil, and hey, and just, uh, I don't, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, we are gonna have our uh, uh, first service back at Summit Church uh, after this, uh, this shutdown, and so, uh, Pastor Diane and I, we are looking forward to seeing you back in person, So it's going to be good. So, hey, God bless you, and I'll see you here real soon. Okay, bye-bye.